Welcome to That Was the Worst Podcast Ever. This is a special bonus episode because I'm in Vancouver with Jordan Kloss and my friend, and we decided to do a, just a short episode to read fan mail. Jordan, are we just massaging our ego here? Yes, and I love it. I know. And hey, uh, let's just take a second just to thank our listeners. Um, we've said it before, but man, we never really thought we'd ever get fan mail Mm -hmm. so uh thank you all out there who listen and to those who write in so um well first let me ask you this jor you get fan mail anyway people like your music right occasionally really Mm -hmm. what do you usually get um usually it will be really amazing just like the your your music just means so much to me or got me through a hard time or sometimes just keep keep going never stop this is yeah that kind of thing that's nice do you ever get some that are kind of irritating like i don't like this nobody writes you just to tell you they don't yeah no that well it's more comments usually oh um it would be comment like on facebook like what happened i like your old stuff way better why did you go in this direction kind of thing how do you deal with that um i'll be like I will sl- sit there and think of something really clever to say and then not say it. <laughs> so I'll like craft a whole reply in my head and then I'll sit there. I have this rule where I'm like, you have to take like half an hour to think about if you That's really want to do this. And yeah. then usually I say no. Yeah. And it's the time when I break that rule that I regret it the most. Like honestly, online discourse is just so so infuriatingly stupid yeah and sometimes i just bite it i just take the take the bait and i i do say stupid things and i get in stupid arguments and i hate myself wow. after. yeah well usually it doesn't it doesn't bid well for the artists when they get defensive online no yeah i only do that like on my personal on my personal pages i would never do that on my professional <laughs> pages yeah <laughs> Well, let's dive into it. We're, our email address is twtwpe at gmail.com. We've got an email from Brian. Uh, this goes back uh, to March. The last episode with John had some great stories in it, particularly about being on the road. I saw Sufjan back in 2007 at Calvin College, Butterfly Band Tour. Very co- Like, that's a tour you'd want to see. Yeah, I saw that tour too. I feel like... That's one of those iconic Sufjan tours. Mm -hmm. Um, I famously have never seen him live. Uh, And he opened with an unreleased track called Majesty Snowbird. Yeah. Great track. What a great song. Yeah. And cool that he opened the show with it. Yeah. I I think he did that at the the show I saw, too. St. Stephen's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That is... That's a great deep cut. A great Sufjan deep cut. Mm -hmm. I can... So uh, Brian goes on to say, I can still remember it today, 14 years later, and wishing it had been released somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you, I think you can just find it on YouTube, Majesty Snowbird. Yeah, I'm going to look right now. I don't think it's even streaming, is it? Oh, it seems to be here. Let's it's listen. just on YouTube. 
Let's take a listen. Oh, it's live. It's so good. Isn't it good? I wonder what this song was written for or what it didn't make it on. Or... So this is would be 2007. good okay why it has that song not been recorded yeah he's only done it live yeah it's so good yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh what in the world it's so good so um yeah never been recorded only bootlegs are available but man sufyan if you're listening release it it's great so brian goes on to say be great to have an episode where you guys dig deep into the web to find those unreleased tracks and talk about which are your favorite and why they should or shouldn't be released somewhere. That, I agree. That's a good idea. That idea has come to us from a couple different people. It's basically like an unreleased Sufjan episode. Yeah. And I think we should probably do that at yeah. some point. We can do the Tanya Harding song. Oh, yeah. Yep. Deep cuts and unreleases. And there's actually a YouTube account that has put all unreleased Sufjan songs under one account. Mm. And they're all there. And even the Stalker album, there's a lot of interesting stuff. So uh, that would be, that's a great idea. So thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Love you, Brian. Yeah, Brian, we love you. I love you. Um, Dalton, this comes from Dalton. Dalton's a cool dude. I think I interact with him on Facebook a little bit too. He says, I finally listened to the All Delighted People episode and now I'm really jonesing for more episodes. You know, this, should we do a little bit of behind the scenes, Jordan, is, um, break the fourth wall? Yeah. Yeah. Is the behind the scenes of our podcast, how do we, how do we record? How do we schedule? How does this all happen? Um, you'll text me and then you'll be like, when can you do an episode and the next week? And then I'll tell you a time, usually in the morning. And uh-huh. then I'll be about 10 minutes late and you'll be sitting there staring at the internet and I'll scare you. Yes. And then we'll record the episode. That's right. Yeah. But w- 
we both have full-time jobs yeah and a lot going on and so the podcast really is a passion project for us mm-hmm. which means that we haven't really had a pretty consistent schedule which isn't great for you the listener but we basically just text each other and we go hey Let's do an episode on this album. Make sure you listen to it, and then we'll do a time to record it. And I'm usually in Calgary. I'll record either in my church office, which is an elementary school, yeah, or I can record at home, which you know, uh, you hear like flushing toilets and like kids screaming. So, and you record here in the studio, and then, um, and then you. You put the two tracks together and you mix it because Jordan's day job is producing and mm-hmm. writing and mm-hmm. all of that. And then you send it to me and I edit it because I didn't want to give you more work. Yeah. Especially because, you know, you don't have much to gain from this podcast. So I take on the editing thing and then I'll send Jordan uh, a cut of the episode, and then he'll come back with notes, and then I'll recut it, and then we release it. So it's quite a bit of work, and there's only two of us, and we just do it ourselves. Yeah. So I know you all thought there was a whole team behind us <laughs> making all these decisions. We're just the we're just the pawns, but no, it's not true. It's all spearheaded by. Well, let's be honest. It's mostly spearheaded by Justin. Actually, he does a little, most of the work, um, and so. Yeah, just another reason for him to be your favorite TWTWP oh, host. No, Jordan is he I I feel like you're you have bring that musical expertise, but also I've just always I think the backstory of our friendship is Jordan has always made me laugh. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's become the unsung hero is just how much you've made me laugh over these years. Yeah, it's laughing at me. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it is me. laughing at yeah. you, which is also fun. So For, for you, yeah, not for me as much. But. <laughs> so thanks, Dalton. And then he also says, thank you for making this pod in the first place. And yeah, we love, I actually love making the podcast. Uh, one of, yeah, one of those, one of my favorite things that, uh, that I get to do. Mm. And it's been fun. And it mm-hmm. leads to stuff like this, like coming to Vancouver and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this comes from Dan. Dan says, great pod as usual, at least as great as a worse podcast could do, which I'm glad you you get the joke. Um, and then in one podcast, you said that Sufjan didn't do anything between 2010 and 2015. So Dan writes out, in 2011, <laughs> Sufjan made Songs for Christmas, Christmas Unicorn. Then in 2012... He makes a collab with Sun Lux and Serengeti, Break the Claw. Oh, yeah. Breaking Claw. Yeah. So there's stuff that we missed. Yes. Because we had that, we said there was a big drought in between Age of Odds and Carrie and Lowell. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. So Dan is graciously kind of letting Isn't us know. Isn't that called Sisyphus? That project he did. Yeah, there's a, that too. Oh, wasn't yeah. that the one with Sun Lux? Yeah, he has. Yes, yes, he does have that in 2014. It's Sisyphus LP. Yeah. And then he says, this is a fantastic album album up there with Planetarium mm. as a Sufi side project. So I actually got another email about the Sisyphus. I thought it was, uh, what's the disease? S- um, uh, uh, syphilis. I honestly always read that as <laughs> syphilis. Are you, when you said Sisyphus, I was like, oh, it's not. 
Syphilis? I thought it oh, was. Oh, just. I know. So that came in, out in 2014. If you guys think we should do a Sisyphus episode, or let us know. Or a Syphilis know. episode. Or we could dive into I syphilis. have syphilis, so I have a lot of stories to talk yeah, about. We yeah, we could talk about just how that's going. You have gonorrhea, so. Yeah, yeah we could talk about all of our STIs. And, oh, yeah. I shouldn't talk about that. I'm going to cut that off. <laughs> I immediately know that's not right to joke about. Um, oh, he also writes in 2012, hit and run 12 inch single with Rosie Thomas. Oh. That w- was that around the time they talked about how they w- were having a baby together or something? Yeah. That is a cool song. Yeah. I do like that song. Wow. Yeah, good. I, I can't believe we missed that Sisyphus record. Like, I know. That was a, I, I listened to that record. I was on tour that year, I remember. We listened to it a bunch. Really? Yeah. So that is one that might have deserved an episode that we missed. Yeah. So thanks, Dan, for your gracious corrections there. Now, here's a listener you probably know, Sarah Mose. Love Sarah. So, Nathan, related to Nathan Mose. Mm-hmm. How? They're um, first cousins. Uh, she's married. Husband, to, she's married she's to married, Ruben Mose. Yeah. So, if you guys know our Illinois episode had Nathan Mose. And you know what I forgot to mention on that episode that I'm surprised? Is Nathan's has another brother named James. And he did our wedding photos for me and my mainstream wife. Yeah. I never mentioned that. He's a world-renowned wedding photographer, and that is true. And pretty f- cool. Like, pretty, pretty freaking cool. Pretty cool guy, yeah. The Moes are, let's be honest, the Moes, pretty cool. They're very cool people. So this is what Sarah writes. Loving the podcast, you guys. Big fan. I learned a cool trick from my friend Lauren. Put on Impossible Soul, crank it up loud, clean a small part of the house for 25 minutes and 34 seconds, and when the song is done, you're done cleaning. Wow. Cool tip. I love it. Yeah, it's like it's like set a timer or put the song on. The song's better. Yeah, just clean until it's over. And I know we talked about Impossible Soul on our Age of Odds episode. But that song always surprises me actually how good it is. I know it's like I know that there's different there's like four different songs. Yeah. So here's another one. Justin Jordan, love your podcast. Seriously, I get such a kick out of you two Sufjan nerds. The mentions of the mainstream wife, poop stories. Oh, he likes the poop stories. Yeah, some people do. That that was like, that was hard for me to put out. The poop stories, like yeah, what? it's a, everybody talks about that in their living rooms. I know it's, we're like Eminem, you know. He talks, says that he's like, I'm just saying the shit that you already talk about with your friends in your living rooms. But we do it on a podcast. I know. And Eminem never has gotten in trouble for that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we are like, I, we are like Eminem. Yeah. We kind of have his. Attitude. We have, I think, just his rebellious spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Just his don't give no shit attitude. And based on what we just recorded, we're also really good rappers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was so terrible. Um, JJ Bean mentions. I worked at the Commercial Drive in Maine in 14th locations about 14 years ago. Oh, nice. I haven't been to a J.J. Bean yet, but I've seen them for the first time. Now yeah, that I'm well, in Vancouver. now you've been in here. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a Vancouver staple. Um, a lot of the cafes that, the hip cafes have actually been employees from J.J. Bean that have go- gone off and started their own cafes. Oh. But J.J., there's like, they've got to have like 15 locations or something. Like, there's a lot of... Uh, locations around 
And what did that homeschool girlfriend say? JJ something? What? Oh, yeah, that homeschool girlfriend. I saw, she worked there and she would call it JJ Beans. <laughs> she even worked there. That's yeah. funny. He also says Justin's dad stories and him hollering at the kids to quit flushing so much. Recollections of blessings, burdens of evangelical upbringing. Actually, that's been an unexpected um, kind of topic that people resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have a lot of uh, current Christians or ex-Christians, certainly evangelicals, that have enjoyed hearing us talking about being raised in the 90s in these kind of hyper-evangelical homes, which, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, I, like, and I just want to be clear, like, we do kind of mention how how kind of ridiculous some of it was and awkward, but I also have a, a fondness for it, even though, you know, a lot of it isn't my favorite thing. Yeah. I Sometimes I walk away after recording an episode and be like, why was I so angry about mm-hmm. that? that? Like even when we were talking about youth group or something, I was like, why was I so upset about youth group? I said stuff, something like, this is like the, the worst thing about Christianity or something. <laughs> it's like, kids like you know shoving bananas in their ears is not the worst thing ever yeah but i think he i still think it was a good point it was just kind of like here's this really ancient beautiful tradition yeah and what is going on here (laughs) yeah yeah it it is mcdonald mcdonaldizing it a little bit but you know what to each their own i had a hoot i remember those my, my favorite night was tuesday night when i would go to my middle school youth group yes so and yeah i was homeschooled my only friend group was the church it was kind of my only social interaction i learned to play the drums in church mm-hmm. that's a big thing you know in, in the vancouver music scene like a lot of folks even though i mean n- not a lot of them are necessarily religious anymore but a lot of them got their start playing in church yeah yeah i was thinking about that there's just not many many avenues to start yeah. performing yeah um the church kind of does give a lot of opportunity and and i mean we would be the first to say that we've also experienced a lot of of not so great things but but we've yeah we just hold those two things together but i have a lot of fun a lot of fun talking about kind of the memories of of youth group and or not being able to watch the smurfs or whatever <laughs> whatever that yeah that means. So what? What else were you, uh, were you not allowed to watch? Uh, the Simpsons. They were too sassy. For me, it was because Ned Flanders then was making fun of Christians. Oh, really? Yeah. My parents didn't like that they talked back to their parents. Mm. Yeah, Jumanji. We mentioned that. Couldn't watch it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I couldn't watch. Yeah. Well, I was allowed to watch it, but I don't remember this. But this is how it was told to me. I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, went to the drawer, grabbed a knife, and started chasing my sister around the house. Oh, wow. So that's when they told, that's when I couldn't watch it anymore. Yeah, that sounds like a lie. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to ask my sister. I, I don't you, know. The, the little kid who couldn't play Goldeneye because <laughs> you heard the crushing sounds, you, <laughs> you pulled a knife out and started chasing your sister around the house. Just for, maybe it was just for fun. Yeah. I don't know. You could be, I mean, maybe it's not a lie. I wasn't allowed to watch Tom and Jerry. It's too violent. Um, Tom and Jerry was too violent. Yeah. Oh. I remember the, there was this one time that my dad really put his foot down for some reason. And he's just like, here's all the shows you can't watch. 
And I was so sad and bummed. And then slowly that just kind of faded, you know. That's how it was always was with my parents. It would be like, oh, they, they'd have some kind of like righteous indignation. Yeah. And then be like, no, okay, cutting all this stuff out. And then be like, okay. And then for like a month it would stick. And then slowly it would just kind of fade. And we'd go back and back and oh, back to yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And then until maybe um, six months to a year later, then they'd have the same conviction. And then we'd, they'd put the foot down again <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> The best is one time I walked in on my dad watching The Simpsons. And I was like, Dad. And he was like, ah, whatever. And then I sat and watched it with him. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. But do you remember that feeling of anxiety? Like, how long is this going to last? Yeah. You're like sitting there just waiting. Like, maybe your mom's going to come in and then be like, hey, why are you watching this? Yeah. Just like hoping you can just watch as much as possible before it, it gets ruined. Ooh. Ooh, I just had a re- like a a recessed memory come back as I was watching Baywatch. Oh. And my dad walked in and I did that embarrassing thing where you you quickly change the channel. Yeah. But it was too late. Yeah. And the quickly change the channel is just it's incriminating. Yeah. So my dad was like, "What was that?" I was like, "I was watching Baywatch." <laughs> and did you get in trouble? Well, in so much as like it was one of the most like cringy, embarrassing things, and then he was just like, "Don't." But that was it. Oh, okay. There. Yeah, I have this memory of. I probably shouldn't even share this. This is probably TMI. Pretty young. It was grade six or seven, probably. But I was drawing. Um, <laughs> I was drawing copies of like Archie characters uh-huh. on a notepad, but I was drawing them without any clothes on. This was in the bathroom. <laughs> and my dad walked in and he's like, what are you doing? And I just, I remember I was like, oh, oh, nothing, nothing. And I slammed the door shut and he didn't try to push back or anything. He just walked away. And so I knew that he knew that something was going on and the shame. Did oh, he see? I don't know. I hope not. That's pretty bad. It's just strange. <laughs> <laughs> the Archie comics without any clothes on. Yeah. We might have to cut this out. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> it's almost like you invented deviant art on that day. Yeah, it was hente. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, Jor. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So our friend Kurt says, I'm a part-time builder and I listen with headphones. So it was a weird but beautiful to find myself crying while putting down subfloor yesterday. I was listening to you nerd out on the stupendous oral gut punch Carrie and Lowell and recalling the rawness of those songs. One after the other, that's an emotionally devastating album. Wow. Our podcast made someone cry laying down subflooring. Well, I mean, Sufjan did. Yeah. No, I think it's you. I think a few people have said that Carrie and Lowell episode really hit them hard Carrie and Lowell is our most listened to episode yeah which um yeah I I don't know why maybe that's it's just that album I think just connected with lots of people Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah and actually by far it's our most listened to episode yeah which is surprising so and and here it says you're going to talk about Sisyphus well Kurt maybe we, we have to Kurt is a great guy also, by the way. He's, uh, I stayed with him and his family once when I was on tour. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Just salt of the earth, 
great kids too. I wow. remember we went over to their house and after dinner, their kids just went and ran and they all were reading. Wow, Kurt, good job. Yeah, I was like, they're all like absorbed in their books. Like, what a great family. Kurt, write me in and tell me how you got that to, to work. Yeah. All right, so next email comes from Brian. I just finished your latest episode on Joy Your Rabbit. And yes, the songs do sound like the animals. See? Jor? No one ever disputed it. That, yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest, I think the Enjoy Your Rabbit episode is probably one where I look back and go, I wish I, I, wish I did a little bit better. Oh, like you wish you did more research? Yeah, because I really, that's all I had to say is the song sounds like the animals. Yeah. But it's hard. Guys, I got to be honest, is I just, I just don't really like Enjoy Your Rabbit. I'm sorry, everyone. But I just don't. Yeah. So that episode, I'm glad people like it, but I feel like I could have done better. Um, and he says, I never thought of it about it that way. I was in my car driving while listening, and Justin, when you said you've been listening to a lot of Me Without You, I shouted, oh man, out loud, no joke. They are probably one of my all-time favorites, and I'm constantly listening to them. If you run out of Sufjan material, I would 100% support a pivot to listening through the Me Without You catalog. I'm sad they finished their work, but the backlog is so deep. I can always find something new to think about. Hey, Brian, I love to connect around people with me without you. That's one of my favorite bands. But this is something you got to know. Jordan does not like heavy music. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's not. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I don't like heavy music. I would just say I just never. I don't. I couldn't name a single me without you song. But. Jordan, let's be honest. You don't like you don't listen. You didn't listen to emo. You didn't have a a hardcore phase. Yeah, I did. You did. I, I liked um some Christian hardcore bands when I was in like in middle school. Yeah, Project eighty six, um, <laughs> um, Thousand Foot Crutch, Thousand Foot Crutch. What were some of the other ones? Oh, I mean POD. Yeah, did you like POD? POD. Uh, I don't know a little bit. But yeah, this, oh, um, then I was also into At the Drive-In and the <gasps> Mars Volta. At the Drive-In is great. Yeah. Yeah. I actually still listen to One Arm Scissor sometimes. That's a great song. Yeah. Uh, our next email comes from Lars. Hey, I love your podcast and I love Sufjan. You should try to get an interview with Emil Nikolaisen, which is a friend of Suf that has worked with him on everything. He's Norwegian and a great musician. And you should talk about Carrie and Lowell live and Planetarium too. Well, we did do Planetarium. Uh, Carrie and Lowell live. W w um, we're not doing an episode on it because it's it's Carrie and Lowell live. And I just kind of thought, yeah, we could we could do it. Actually, that's a good suggestion. I think. I mean, we need more material. Yeah, we were just having a discussion about whether we're going to do um, the convocations, like all. All of the convocations. Like an episode per convocation, which I don't want to do, guys. I'm so sorry. I want to do one episode on all of them. Yeah, it's it's just, it's a lot of instrumental music to talk about. Like, you know, it would take up what, like, it would take up here. How many do we got? We got meditations, lamentations, lamentations revelation. revelation, celebration. That's five, five episodes, episodes of instrumental music. Yeah. 
I think it would get boring, guys. That's why I don't want to do it. But if you want us to email us and yeah. say, like, no, do an episode per... But uh, Jordan and I were talking about this. It's just, it's hard to talk about instrumental music for a long time. It is. Lyrics are, lyrics are, are definitely open up a whole new world to of, of story to kind of explore. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, there's an interesting backstory about his dad passing away, mm-hmm. which is interesting, but I think that will cover all of them. So, so yeah, we will do that. Oh, the other thing is the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack. Yeah. And that would be an interesting episode. And your indie wife, Olivia, recommended a guest for that episode. So maybe, maybe that will be coming soon. Yeah. But I personally, huge fan of Call Me By Your Name, read the book. Love the movie. Bought the soundtrack. Uh, but Army Hammer casts a big shadow now over it because he's kind of... Canceled? Yeah. he. Well, he was kind of a cannibal. I don't actually know. I don't really follow any of that stuff anymore, but he kind of some, did some bad stuff and got canceled. Well, cannibalism. Oh, it's pretty bad. I literally know nothing about this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into it on our family-friendly podcast, but uh, we will talk about Call Me By Your Name. I think that'll be a fun mm-hmm. fun episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Planetarium, we did it. What did you think, Lars? Let us know. Um, all right, so here we go. Our next email comes from Sanger. Dear TDWTWPE crew, I'm writing to say a simple thanks. Thank you for your podcast. It's been a joy to listen to hear people who are as passionate about Sufjan as I am. I really don't have much to say except thank you. I enjoy your chats a lot, and you all seem like great people. Thank you, lads. Kind regards, Sanj. Sanj, I loved getting that email. Isn't that nice, Joy? It's so nice. And uh, again, it really... You know, I mentioned that we make the podcast on our free time, and I'd do it... To be honest, I'd do it if we had 10 listeners because I think it's so fun. Mm-hmm. But to get these emails, it is it is kind of fun to connect with you all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last email I saved to last because it's our, from our friend Nathan Mose, and he <laughs> sent so many questions. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. This is from Nathan, our guest from the Illinois episode. Mm-hmm. Hey, also known as The Magician. He says, I have a couple of questions. Love songs. What song of old Souf best embodies what we think of as a traditional love song? Mm. What do you think, Jor? Hmm. Like a straight-up traditional love song. I think Futile Devices. That's a good answer. That's mine. I would would agree with that one. Um, Mystery of Love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mystery of Love is a good one. Um... I hope we're not missing any. Sufjan doesn't quite do traditional love songs, but I think probably the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack is going to be your best bet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the next question is, you're compiling a 21st Century Masters disc for Sufjan. Give us the track listing. An entire episode dedicated to this would be appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have a Spotify playlist where i put all of my favorite sufyan songs on it mm. i haven't updated it in a while 
but if you want to find it, it's called Souf Yan, S-O-O-F-Y-A-W-N. And I have the Avalanche, Mystery of Love, Visions of Gideon, Futile Devices, All for Myself, Blue Bucket of Gold, For the Widows in Paradise, Abraham in Devil's Territory, Concerning the UFOs, Decatur, Casper Pulaski Day, Predatory Wasp, Tanya Harding, The Only Thing, Fourth of July, Come Thou Fount, Holy, 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 Pittsfield, Romulus, and Arnica. Those are my favorite Sufjan songs. Wow. So I know I... Didn't I, tell me about this. Yeah. I gave you no, no preparation. Yeah. But, George, off the top of your head, what, what is... If you put together a playlist of Sufjan songs, what would you want to listen to? I'm not going to do it off the top of my head. I'm do si- it. I'm sitting here looking at the discography. It's like 36 records. I'm not... I'm not gonna be able to just throw well, something together, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, oh. give me your top three go-to Sufjan songs. I mean, "Predatory Wasp" is a big one. We've talked about that a few times. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite Sufjan song. Um, yeah, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. Um, what else? I don't. I, I think mean, the dress look. Ni- the dress looks oh. nice on you. Is it, for me is I, I don't even think I put it on my playlist, but I love that song. Death with Dignity, maybe. Um, I I don't know. I I have I I'm just not qualified. I needed time to prepare. This is like my nightmare. I hate I hate kind of spontaneous <laughs> pressure. Like I just that. don't you like how Nathan was like an entire episode dedicated to this <laughs> would be appreciated. Should we do that? Yeah. What Sufjan song is best suited for babies? A baby's 100-day celebration. <laughs> what about a bar mitzvah, a quinceanera, a graduation, a first time at the voting poll, the birth of your firstborn, a divorce? <laughs> I don't know, Nathan. Okay, go through them again. Okay, a baby's 100-day celebration. So Nathan married a Japanese girl. Okay. And... um. And that's a Japanese custom. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, once the baby is 100 days old, they do a And special. congrats to them for their... Yeah. They had a baby. Harry, yeah. Yeah. Um, Are they at 100 days yet? Yeah, they had their 100-day celebration. Oh, actually, nice. When I was, in, I was in Calgary, though, I believe. Oh. Um, yeah, so 100-day celebration, huh? That's a, that's a... You know what I would do? What? I'd go to um, A Sun Came, and I'd probably do like belly button or something one time this kid ate too much food and food started coming out of his stomach out of his belly button there was maggots coming out of his belly button oh yeah for the baby something zany for For the the baby baby. yeah (laughs) that's my answer oh man i would probably do um a good it's so basically that's around the time when you start teaching kids hard lessons. Yeah. So I'd say. Yeah, at a, 100 days. Yeah, a, a good man. <laughs> a good man is hard to find. Tell tell little Harry that. Hey, Harry. A you good think man life, is hard to find. You think life's so easy, but here's the thing. A good man is hard to find. You got to have some character. Wow. Well, yeah. that's my answer for a bar mitzvah. I feel like. Oh. Like a good man is hard to find is good for a bar mitzvah. No, see, I would say the tallest man that brought his shoulders for that one. Oh, Jordan, yes. <laughs> That's good for a bar mitzvah. Yeah. The tallest man that brought You pulled that out. Yeah. You are good off the, off the top. A quinceanera. 
I don't know what that is. That's a girl's fifteenth birthday. Oh yeah, that's it's a that's a Latin American thing. Yeah, I think I I understood it as Mexican, but maybe it's more than that. Oh yeah, but um, the dress looks nice on you, obviously. Of course, of course. A graduation. Hmm. Mm, I mean, I can see a lot of life in you. Uh, uh, that's the dress looks nice on you. I. Oh, size too small has kind of got to be somewhere in there, too. Yeah. Yeah, a size too small for a graduation. Or, you know what I'd pick for a graduation is Vitamin C's graduation song. Uh, <laughs> it's not Sufjan, but it's just right on the nose for an event like that. Yeah. Or, my graduation song, I played... Um, Green Days, uh, that song that, it's something unpredictable, in the end it's right. You and every other person in the world. Uh, So, not a Stephen song, but I would do that Green Day song. I did it at my graduation. Big hit. I sang it. Yeah. I would do The Only Thing. Oh. Why? (laughs) I'm just trying to think of his darkest song. Well, (laughs) what about the... The first time at a voting poll, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> the first time. <laughs> I would do obviously America. Yeah. Don't do to me what you did. To- that. That is. Yeah. Of course. Obvious. Of course. Yeah. And then the last one is. The- or maybe the Fifty States song. Oh yeah, the Fifty States song would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. The birth of your firstborn. Um, you know what? Actually, this is interesting because um, my friend Lucas, um, who we did the um, album versus album podcast, he told me that when they were giving birth to, while they were giving birth to their firstborn, they were listening to Carrie and Lowell. And, Whoa! Yeah, and so whenever they hear "Death with Dignity," it always kind of brings back this flood of emotion for them. Wow! Yeah. Oh well, there you go. Um, I would pick for the birth of a firstborn. I'd actually pick to be alone with you. Mm. I, I think that would just. You're such a softy. Yeah. I that yeah. It, and I would sing it to uh, the the child. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and finally, a divorce. <laughs> oh, I think Age of Odds, I would lean towards that. Mm-hmm. Probably, I I want to be well. Mm-hmm. I want bad to be communication. well. <gasps> bad communication. Yeah. Wow, we did good. <laughs> that was good. Oh, now that I'm older also. Oh, now that I'm older. for something. In yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Age of Odds is good for a divorce or any kind of angst, really. But I think bad communication is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, oh, get real, get right. That's more like... Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then he, there's more, guys. Uh, we okay, got it. What, what, <laughs> we got it. Also, I'm impressed by songwriter's ability to continue, 
continually release albums of creative work. But pastors? Near every week, they perform new material. Justin, what's the process like? Do you sometimes head to the front of the church knowing that you've got a dud on your hands? Just hope the spirit works a little extra magic. Do you know when it's a knockout? Could you recall your top 10 sermons without too much thinking? (laughs) So, Nathan, so I have to deliver a sermon every Sunday. So I usually plan out a month in advance. So I think about it in advance. And then every Monday I sit down with a scripture from the Bible. And then I just read it and I sit with it and I pray through it. And then I read... Uh, some commentaries on it. And it's actually the my most favorite thing that I do. Mm. But the idea of, have I ever gone up knowing it was a dud? Yes. And it's the worst feeling ever. It's like, I'm not excited about this. Mm. And I'm just, it's all I've got today. And uh, it feels awful. But what is surprising is sometimes I get people going, that was incredible. Or like, mm. wow, that really ministered to me. And in the back of my head, I'm like, are you serious? Like, I didn't even like it. Yeah. So that those aren't my favorite. Do I know when something's going to be knocked out of the park? Yeah, sometimes I just go, this is amazing, and I'm so excited about this, and I can't wait to say it. And on the inverse, sometimes nobody really, really cared. Yeah. So it, you never know. I remember um, uh, my friend Lance, who was a pastor at a church um was pastoring the church I went to or go to. Yeah. Um, and he uh, came up or he did the sermon and I was like, this is so good. And I, after I went up to him, it's was like, that was like your magnum opus. It was so, so wow. it was just so well communicated, so well structured and just, yeah, just perfect. And he's like, oh, thanks. And later he told me that he had told his wife that I said that. Yeah. And she said, Honestly, I wasn't even really listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like I the the thing that I've learned is don't expect sermons to actually to actually do much. I really enjoy giving it, but sometimes I go, this is going to be the sermon that turns the tide, that kind of transforms the church and that is always disappointing. Mm-hmm. You always, yeah, I get it. guys. I get people falling asleep. Yeah, I, I've ha- I've had it all. I've had I've had people walk out on me. I've really, had, yeah. I've had people come up to me and reprimand me, take me to the woodshed. I've had people come up to me in tears and just say that's exactly what I needed to hear. It runs the the gamut of reactions. So I've kind of learned just to let it be whatever it is and not get too caught up in it. Mm. But I really appreciate that question, of course, Nathan. All right, Jordan, this one's for you. Oh, hold on. Could you recall your top 10 sermons? No, not really. Um, But my favorite sermon, I have some Sufjan sermons. I did a sermon called Take Instead the Ram. I had a sermon called That Was the Worst Christmas Ever. Mm. Uh, I've had sermons where I talked about Casimir Pulaski Day. We laid hands. There have been some Sufjan sermons out there, people. And guess what? Uh, it's kind of the wrong crowd at my church. <laughs> They're like, stop talking about a guy we don't know. Yeah. Um, Jordan, this for you. Jordan, between Paul Simon, Paul McCartney, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, John Lennon, who do you admire most as a songwriter? Do you want to hear them again? Paul Simon, Paul McCartney, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, John Lennon. Paul McCartney. 
Really? Yeah. I pick Bob Dylan. Yeah, I, like, yeah, okay. I, I think th- they all do really different things, and Bob Dylan is more of like a he. He's like a culture mover. Mm-hmm. You know, he, and I like that, and I, I like, I love Dylan, but as far as just the craft of songwriting goes, I just think Paul McCartney is just unparalleled. Do you think Paul McCartney also brings like kind of a brilliant melodies and song structure, not just lyrics? Because if it's just lyrics, I'd go with Bob Dylan. Mm. But if it's actual like music, yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's uh, hmm. where do you find somebody like there, there are certain songs like um um what is it uh, uh Penny Lane? Mm-hmm. Penny Lane is a song that can't, changes keys like seven times. Um, within the song, but you never notice because it just feels so seamless. He does these crazy musical things all the time that are like like classical experimental things hmm. and somehow he makes them work into like timeless pop songs. And he's like the only person who, who's ever been able to do it like that, that well, I think. Yeah. And so to me, it's not even, as soon as you said it, I knew it was Paul, it was McCartney. Wow. Yeah. Now expanding the list to just everyone... Is there another songwriter that you put above that? No, I think he's the best songwriter ever. Paul McCartney. Yeah. Wow. And he's, uh, how do you feel about him right now? In his 80s? Yeah, handsome. uh, I I, I, I love that he's still just like, is so positive and passionate. Still spent his whole life talking about the Beatles and he still just does it with like total enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Did you know that he did an Instagram live with Phoebe Bridgers? No, I didn't know that. They like he interviewed her or vice versa. I watched a little bit of it. It's wow. surreal. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think of that? Uh, we have a friend named Simon Bridgefoot that started the Paul McCartney challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's this clip of him like introing his son. Yeah, there's this weird clip where basically they're like, hey, guess what? We got your son. <laughs> Um, coming up next, playing a song. What's his name again? I can't remember. Hey, oh, it's like Jamesy. Hey, yeah, James, hey, James, James McCarr. And and basically, they're like, "Do you want to do the intro for your son?" He's like, "Hey, Jamesy, you're gonna kill it, man." And he goes, "Dum." You dum, always dum. do. The, yeah. the weirdest part is he goes, "You always do," and he goes, "Dum, dum, dum." Yeah, and he he pretends to play strum a guitar. It's really weird, but you should look it up. It's called the. I think he called it like the Paul McCartney James Jamesy challenge. Hey Jamesy, rock it, man! I know you will. Do do do, yeah. Oh, cool. That was nice, wasn't yeah. it? Right, you take it away. So that's it. Oh, cool. That was nice, wasn't it? Also, I love, <laughs> love. It cuts to his son, and his son just goes, "Ah, oh, cool." <laughs> That's funny. So Paul McCartney, the best guy there is. But please look up Hey Jamesy, Rocket Man. It's absolutely the weirdest thing you'll ever see. Yeah. And with that, we have gone through our fan mail. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for writing. That really means a lot. Um, please feel free to write us at any time. We do read everything. And uh, sometimes we answer the questions in full. And Justin doesn't tell me about it. So I have no time to prepare a playlist. But... <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, you got anything else to say there, big dog? No, but we do love to hear from you. 
And so again, our email is twtwpe at gmail.com if you want to send us questions. And uh, maybe we'll do another one of these episodes if we get some more of your questions. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Jordan and I are now... We're going to probably ride some bikes around the seawall here in Vancouver. Yeah, we're going to do that. Um, just like two best friends. Two good old buddies. Yeah. Are okay. we reaching ben best friend status, Jor? I got to tell you, Justin's staring at me in a really <laughs> uncomfortable way right now. <laughs> Jordan and I have spent so much time together in the past seven days. Yeah. Like more than we've probably ever spent. It's true. And you know what? It's been good, Jor. Yeah. So thanks for being a part of this part of this fun day, everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Okay, talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The dress looks nice on you. Oh yeah, the dress looks nice. Too.